Welcome to the Alien Attorney Podcast, where we aim to shed light on the many confusing, complex processes that are a part of the journey of immigrating to America. My name is Heather Law, and today I will be your host, along with my co-host, Dahlia Perez. Hello, everyone. So today we will be talking about the diversity of Biden's cabinet and how this will impact future immigration policy in the U.S. But before we go ahead and get started, I just want to give you all a disclaimer that we are not trying to persuade anyone and that we are just providing the facts based on what Joe Biden and his team have already announced. So now that we have gotten that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started. So we were talking about this earlier, right? We were talking about how the Biden-Harris administration is pretty diverse. Um, And it's one of the most diverse cabinets ever in American history because Biden explicitly stated how he wanted his administration to look just like America, which is Mm -hmm. pretty diverse. You know, we're we're a nation of immigrants. So in choosing Kamala Harris as Biden's vice president pick, it's already said a lot about how he really wants to make it look diverse. Yeah. And Heather, you know, we were talking about it and Biden was elected president just a few weeks ago, and he will be taking office in January. So starting to get a feel, and we're starting to see how he's announced what his administration is going to look like. You know, he's chosen Kamala Harris. And according to CNN, our future vice president, she's been vetted as the national, you know, on the national stage due to her own 2020 bid. She ran for president in the presidential election, and now she's going to be vice president. You know, she's had a lot of experience in government as both the California Attorney General and as U.S. Senator since 2017. So she's been working in this field, and she's now going to be serving alongside Biden. She also represents a younger generation of leaders since she's only 55, which is relatively young compared to Biden, who will be 78 on Inauguration Day in 2021. And this was really um, and really showcases how it was a major factor in his choice. Her age definitely has something to do with her being chosen. And not only that, but there's just so many things to add to the list of why this was a very important choice and why it's a historic pick. Um, She's going to be the first Black and South Asian American woman to appear on the majorish party's national ticket, which is really big. And she's from California, which has the largest number of electoral votes. So these are just a few things to keep in mind moving forward about the vice president of the United States that will be serving alongside Biden. Not only that, but she's emerged as an outspoken voice on race. Um, which we can clearly see when we look and hear the news. And she's spoken out about the need for um, police reform following the death of George Floyd in May and the subsequent protests it sparked around the country. So she's been a very big advocate towards reform in our race um, and policies. So we'll see how that plays out in the future. Yeah. And Kamala Harris isn't the only person in Biden's team that's, you know, a very that makes it diverse because according to statistics, 46% of Biden's transition staff are people of color and 41% of the senior staff are also people of color. And also more than half of the transition staff, approximately 52% to be exact, are women and 53% of the senior staffers are women as well. So we can see there is an increase in diversity in terms of race, but also in terms of gender, which is very phenomenal. So going forward, 
you know, Biden, he's still looking to hire a lot of new people. Some of the departments that he's looking to hire is within the Department of Defense, Department uh, for the State, Treasury, Interior, Agriculture, Energy and Health are two more examples. Human Services, the EPA, or the Environmental Protection Agency, for those of you who don't know what the EPA stands for. And those are just some of the posts where women and people of color are really being considered seriously among the top contenders. Yeah. And, you know, Heather, I think it's important that we take a look just for information purposes and for our audience to be informed of who Biden has already appointed to be on his administration. So we're just going to go through a few of those individuals. Um, So one of them, we have Antony Blinken for Secretary of State. Um, And just a few facts about Mr. Blinken. He served as Deputy Secretary of State during Obama's second term. So he's also been, you know, in government, has had experience in government for one of our past presidents. He's very popular among U.S. um, allies abroad and with many officials at the State Department, which is a good thing for the U.S. Um, And as it tries to re-engage in relations with other nations, you know, we see that all the time in the news that we're really trying to just have allies and be in communication with other nations and be in good standing, which is always good. Um, Another important important person that has been appointed is Alejandro Mallorca, um, who is Secretary of Homeland Security. He is a Cuban-American who served as the Deputy Secretary of DHS during the Obama administration. He has been nominated for the agency's top position and is the first Latino and immigrant to be nominated for this role. Um, And, you know, just within that, we can unpack that. You know, he is also just like Antony Blinken served for the Obama administration. So we're kind of seeing a trend. Um, people coming back, people who have already been in government that have experience. And he's also the first Latino and immigrant to be nominated for this role, which is definitely, you know, something different, something that can be noted for, you know, Latinos and the immigrant community in the United States of America. Um, And not only that, but before working for the DHS, he was a U.S. attorney in California and later served as the Director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services during Obama's first term in office. So, you know, he has experience working with immigrants and working with immigration policy, as we can see. And um, we also have Ron Klain for Chief of Staff as well. And um, Heather will, you know, if you want to go and talk about some other people that have been appointed. Yeah, so... I believe Biden did announce several other people this past Monday, if I remember correctly, for other positions, including Avril Haines for the National Intelligence Director. So Ms. Haines would actually be the first woman to lead the U.S. intelligence community if she's confirmed by the Senate, which is also another considerable breakthrough for, for having more women serving and positions in the federal government. Before, Haines actually served in the White House as the Deputy National Security Advisor during the Obama administration, like you said, this seems to be a very common trend. A lot of um, people who previously served in the Obama administration are coming back, including Haynes. And in 2013, she actually did make history by becoming the first woman to take on the role of deputy director of the CIA. So, you know, she's, maybe she's going to make history again by becoming the first woman to lead the U.S. intelligence community. Other than Avril Haynes, 
We also have Jake Sullivan for the National Security Advisor. Currently, Sullivan serves as Biden's senior policy advisor. And Sullivan is actually only 43 years old, which is relatively young, considering a lot of the people who work within the government are politicians who've had a considerable amount of experience like Biden and who are considerably older. So like Kamala Harris, Sullivan will also represent a younger generation of leaders than, you know, typical politicians, like I was just saying. And because he's only 43 years old, he would be one of the youngest national security advisor in decades. Furthermore, we have Linda Thomas-Greenfield for the UN ambassador. Before, she's held positions as the Assistant Secretary of State for African Affairs and as Director General of the U.S. Foreign Service. And finally, we have John Kerry for the Special Presidential Envoy for Climate. Now, this is a really interesting one because he's going to, so Kerry would sit on the National Security Council, but this is the first time that the body would have an official dedicated to fighting climate. So this really just shows how seriously the Biden administration is taking climate change, especially because he also plans to rejoin the Paris Agreement. Like the others, it was also a former Secretary of State under the Obama administration. So we have another former Obama veteran coming back to the White House under Biden. So looking at these new appointments that Biden has made, you can really see how Biden is trying to reemphasize that He's trying to turn to experienced government officials as a way to reassure the American people and American allies as well that the U.S. is trying to depend on these former advisors that have had immense experience working in the government to get the U.S. out of the crisis that we're currently in, to revamp our foreign policy agenda, and to just really re-engage in multilateralism. Yes, Heather, and, you know, we have had a lot of critics question Biden's new picks. Um, But there's, you know, no doubt that the team that he has picked has had a considerable amount of relevant experience, no matter what political party you stand for. You know, we see that when we're going over his picks, we see that a lot of them were members of Obama's administration. So they had that experience of, you know, working for him and doing their job. So we can see that they do have experience, you know, added onto their resume um, that has made them eligible, you know, to take on this role. Um, And he's very, it's very clear that Biden is intentionally trying to make his cabinet more diverse. I, you know, he's very selective. And we can definitely see that he wants to, as we discussed, you know, wants his administration to be representative of the American population, which is definitely very clear to see um, in his choices. You know, he wants to give communities the chance to have a voice and and representation within the federal government. We can see this when with my the first immigrant to be on the administration, we can see how he's trying to represent the immigrant community in his choices. And he definitely wants to be more exclusive as well as we see his response to the people's desires is what he's doing within his administration. Um, African-Americans, Mexicans, um, Mexican-Americans, Asian-Americans, Native Americans, and other people of color played a crucial role in helping Biden defeat President Donald Trump. In return, they say they want attention to problems affecting their communities and want to see more people who look like them in positions of power. Native American community is urging Biden to have one of their own represent them um, within the administration. Um, so these are yeah, just a few like, things. 
I feel like that's also super important because the Native American population often gets overlooked as well. So it's mm-hmm. really interesting how Biden's trying to place some more importance on them as well. No, for sure. And, you know, it's just very interesting to see, you know, how our next president is going to have his administration, how he's selecting them, and how he's fulfilling the promise made to the people of, you know, he wants it to look like America, so we can see, you know, how he's doing that within his choices. Yeah, and this this means a lot of things for America in terms of immigration. You know, looking at Trump's immigration policies, there is a considerable difference, the attitudes that they approach the situation with. So, for example, within the Trump administration, a lot of them really held this America first mentality. And that America first mentality really just played a big role in the Trump administration's strict immigration reforms because they believe we have to put America first. They thought many immigrants actually took away from American society or American economy. And they, as a result, they just wanted to admit legal immigrants and non-immigrant temporary workers who shared the same values of the American people who perhaps speak English, who have the sufficient education and skills to contribute to the nation and the people. Because, you know, they thought that, they, they stated that immigration in the U.S. is a privilege rather than a right. And there were many things under the Trump administration in regard to immigration, including that Biden would like to reverse. So, for example, the Trump administration stated that they wanted to eliminate the diversity visa lottery system that awarded visas simply on the basis of geography. And another thing that he wanted to eliminate was chain migration, which awarded visas to people on the basis of extended family connections. Instead, he believed that we should replace it with a merit-based system that prioritizes education and skills and the English language proficiency. But what the Biden administration is looking at was thinking is that this wouldn't necessarily be fair to those who don't have the necessary resources to learn English, for example, or who can't obtain sufficient education in their home countries. So this is just two examples of how the different attitudes for, from the Biden administration versus the Trump administration is taking towards immigration. So because of this, it'll create more opportunities for immigrants, most likely because of Biden administration's more willingness to accept immigrants. Yes. And, you know, I can definitely see how that is going to be opening more opportunities for immigrants. And, you know, Biden is currently in the process of hiring more people. This is definitely not something that has been completed. He's still building that administration. Um, And he is including Janet Yellen, who Biden planned to nominate for Treasury Secretary. So she will be joining that. Um, She was the first woman to lead the Federal Reserve Chair and would be the first woman to head the Treasury Department if confirmed. So he's definitely still in the process of, you know, building that administration. And we'll see, I guess, in the next upcoming weeks how or who he chooses to join that and yeah, see what those updates are like um, in the future. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there are a lot of more people that Biden and the rest of the administration is currently considering, but the main point is the emphasis on making it a diverse cabinet has been made very clear. So 
you know, that'll play a big role in immigration policy for the U.S. So, yeah, Dahlia, like you were saying, we will know more in the coming few days and the coming few weeks as well. But for now, just to reemphasize our disclaimer, we are not trying to persuade anyone and that we're just merely providing the facts based on what Joe Biden and his team have already announced. So we hope you all have a wonderful day. We encourage you all to continue to read and keep up with the news to see how the transition will play out as well as we approach January and Inauguration Day. And yeah, that's all I have. Anything else, Dahlia? Nope. Uh, that It was, you know, thank you so much for having me on this episode, Heather. Um, I think it's definitely important um, just to tell people to, you know, stay informed, read your news, um, read from a lot of different sources and just make sure you're getting, you know, the facts. Um, and yeah, it was really exciting to just kind of go through what our um, president upcoming president um, administration is going to look like because that's so important and it will definitely play a big factor in how you know immigration policies are affected and just how the whole presidency will look like so we'll see how you know it's updated within the upcoming weeks yes of course well it was great talking to you again Dahlia you too Heather thank you so much